What if I continue to talk like this? I talk like this. For the whole time, I talk like this. Will we get more women viewers? I don't know. But Welcome to Cheesecake and Coffee. Mm. Hey, do, whoa, not a live audience. <laughs> there is no studio audience. We added that. That was all photoshopped in. <laughs> okay, the question for today's podcast is brought to you by Kellogg's. Um, so I, you had a question earlier that I thought was a really good topic, and I forget already because I have a mouse's brain. Uh, I, I remember I saved my, my place in my head. Mm -hmm. I was going to say fucking mm. and then something. Fucking, okay. Okay, so I, remember. Got, I remember. It was the, or, the or, global orgy. That was the conversation. It was after that when okay. we were talking about <laughs> um, racial groups okay. being profiled in universities. Yeah, and then we did another less taboo topic for me, the all-hated uh, white man right now. No, but the thing charged. is, okay, I wanted to say, I think it's annoying that sometimes I feel proud, and I hate that word because, you know, after all, there's connotation of it, of it in, in the Bible of being proud and pride being one of the mortal sins. I feel good when I think my ancestors were European. Okay. And so they came from certain families. Because it's stupid because half of me is also of native blood mm -hmm. up to the United States. And so there's the conundrum. You, you hear how I talk about being European, and then you hear I talk about being Native American. And one, it's, it's very free-flowing, and the other is sort of like, you know, behind the surface mm -hmm. because in society, one is looked at as being more civilized than the other or in more benefit than the other. Right. And I've internalized that, so I hate that. I'd, I'd like to be able to get it out well, and to say, okay. fuck you, I am Native American. I like that, but I also see beautiful symmetry in having both sides of the spectrum. Okay, that being said, Michael's going to kick us in the nuts if we don't start this off the right way. So today's topic sounds to me like it's going to be about... Um, uh, insecurities. Insecurities. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. No live audience. I'm going to be Jamie today. Did you say you're going to be janking? Jamie. Jamie. Jamie today, okay. So, uh, back to this thing. I actually, I look at that in a really interesting way. I think that you get to feed off of these two lineages of consciousness that have been, you know, galloping down evolution and you're the symmetry between the two, the corpus callosum, if you will, any of my neuroscientists. Right, it's going to be good for me, it's going to be good for your daughter. Yeah. 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 It's, it'll be good for humanity. This is what it's like when worlds collide. You end up with Gabe all over your face. Right, and there's a point where I'm able to think about my background from my father's side, which is Native American, when I say Native American, I mean native to this continent all the way from Mexico to the United States, Native American. And I'm able to then convey within myself that I matter in society. You know, I can't be looked at without any prejudice because I do have that background. Mm -hmm. And yet when I walk into a room, I will, as they say, pass for maybe Spanish or Italian or something like that. So I can play to that, but at the same time, I can proudly say, no, this, this good-looking, well-spoken person 
who's talking to you now is Native American, the person that you've always criticized yeah. of being, you know, um, a savage. Yeah, okay, so who are these yous you're talking about? I don't know. This is just a strange topic for me. Like, it's, it's internalized, okay. Yeah, for me to talk saying. about. Yeah. I've never done it, really. It's funny. Um, I, okay, so my girlfriend is Native American and Mexican. You know, that's her lineage. And uh, we've had plenty of conversations about, like, what white privilege is and what it is to be of a minority group and and, and all that. And uh, there's just, it's such two different worlds of perspective, too. You know, like, uh, there are things, there are comments that I made when I was younger to her that I just wouldn't, never have thought of would have been something that I would have had to have paid more attention to versus uh, there are things that she doesn't identify with the modalities of ways that I think and stuff like that. So it's just such a cool, uh, like, um, uh, vantage point, I guess, like to have, have both of them mixed into one thing. Like it sucks being completely white because obviously there's the privilege and all that sort of stuff, but like, there's no, it's all, it's so bland. It's like, there's no like pulling in of like different diverse cultural stuff. It's almost like this bland amalgamated sports is your culture you know versus like a lot of these other things like native american culture has like this massive long lineage of like specific behavior types and uh uh, ways of doing things and uh religious connotations and white has almost just been all blended together it's not even like it's factioned off anymore you know or maybe we don't investigate it enough you know to really look at our lineage and what religion they followed followed what culture they were immersed in because they are a little different in, in some senses like for example french mm-hmm. that's european that's white but it's much different than italian right and much different from uh, british which is different from german you know there there are differences there yeah that uh, sometimes we get thrown into one basket i suppose when we say they're white yeah well, no. and I think it's it's our culture specifically that I'm referring to because it's the only one that I've been immersed in. But like, you know, there's it 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 just has that kind of feel right now. You know, like it's it's whites and then culture almost. Does that make sense? It does from a from a we almost from consider... a distance. You know, I understand the concept, but I don't really understand it because I'm not part of that. You know, yeah. I have half. Okay, I don't and this understand is where the full that, picture. This is where that perspective right. difference comes from that I was even referring to with my girlfriend. It's like, it's funny, you take a lot of these things for granted growing up, and you never really dissect it. You know, you never, you internalize a lot of this stuff. You say like, okay, well, that's just kind of the way that things go, but until you really talk to people who are of a different walk and all that sort of stuff, upbringing, you realize these insecurities are uh, different. You know, like there are the ones that are like going through high school, you know, dick size, tit size, color your hair, like your haircut, your fashion, and all that stuff is like kind of unanimous. Like everybody experiences some of these insecurities, but then there are these weird deep-seated ones that are like your cultural background, your uh, the amount of money your family has, and you know, these lineages and all that. It's a very different uh, um, insecurity to start addressing. And I really think the only way to do it is to be in front of people who are different. You know, like the other easy stuff, like your fashion and whatnot in high school is easily addressed. Like nobody's a good dresser in high school, you know, but like when you get into these things, it's really interesting and it really takes like an opposite end perspective for you to dive into it and really pick out of it, you know, and identify your insecurity in its entirety. Right. And 
what you said that we need to talk about it is necessary because that enables us to really get the secret out. It feels like it's eating away at us when something goes unsaid. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I was wearing the other day um, some workout clothes and I had an, a beanie on and it was a cashmere beanie by the way I was like wearing like a cashmere sweater cashmere beanie so to me I was well dressed like my clothes were fucking expensive S- but when my white friend came um, he was like you look like a, a junkie or something a junkie yeah and I was like fuck you do you know how much this costs <laughs> like, <laughs> but at the same time I realized I'm wearing a beanie I'm wearing a jacket I have like workout clothes yeah whether they be expensive or not, to someone's eye who doesn't really notice that type of thing. Yeah. I look like a junkie or a gang member or whatever. Well, have you ever heard the Because of my that, skin color. Well, maybe that. I, that could have been. Whatever else. I mean, when I see people, like white dudes in beanies and sweaters and joggers, I still can see you kind of look like a junkie. Like see, in, Money in, doesn't buy taste. Keep that in mind. Maybe you just have a really shitty put together, shittily put together outfit. And there it is. Um... I perceive it to be mm-hmm. maybe I'm lumping it in with being of um, a native background. Yeah. Or, you know, skin color, whatever, when it could have been something that was Completely. just regular. Yeah. So now that we talk about it, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he had a friend who was a junkie or something. And he's like, fuck, you look exactly like my buddy who was a junkie. Yeah. But that's not to say that I, I didn't have experiences in the past where someone's like, you're a, you know, they call me a derogatory name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. See, and that's the funny thing is, uh, I've, uh, I, that is something for me that I've never had. Like, you can't call a white person something that truly is offensive to them. You know, like, there's definitely derogatory terms for everybody except white people. And this is where it does get, like, kind of, well, no, because there are for, like, Italians and, I don't know, if French people have it or whatever. But, like, for the most part, white people in our culture, again, there isn't much of, like, a real gaff to the ribs term you know and it probably has to do with the fact that they're the ones who have always been the assholes that have done really shitty stuff to all these other minority (laughs) groups and so uh there's nothing that anybody's ever done to them that has created this vernacular this slang right that can make them feel inferior you know you just feel like you fucking idiots like do you know what you did to the planet or do you know what you did to whatever our society Mm-hmm. by doing what you did but it's like fuck you i have the money i have my house it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know so they don't feel that like you said that stab you and i think inferiority is the the perfect word for it mm-hmm. i don't think white people have ever felt inferior and they're starting to now you know like there is kind of this like um attack white people more so because like the liberal thing is really going up in all this virtue signaling and white people feel a lot more on their toes potentially because there is a lot of that going on and you know maybe that's not the case maybe this is strictly me but uh it seems like that in the media at least from what i what i see and uh to me this is kind of the recoil of all of those actions over a long history of being in unequally um, building hierarchies in their favor, you know, it's like now there's this equalizing factor called the internet where everybody's voice can be a little bit louder and it, it is kind of stepping back towards them. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. That's good for that topic. I don't have anything else to say. Okay. You yeah, cool. Um, I wanted to also touch down on the business we were just doing. You know, so we do uh, real estate. We're working on some development deals right now, uh, trying to get funding for <clears throat> for something. And I've been a very anti 
politically type person. I don't bring a lot of politics to my personal relationships. I don't, you know, it's not something that I really get deeply uh, involved with. And I don't mean like, uh, you know, Republican and Democrat. I don't mean that. I just mean like, I'm kind of not a super dramatic person. I joke a lot and I poke a lot of fun and I do a lot of that stuff, but I'm not the type of person who brings like a ton of real like drama and uh, politic to a topic or, or a conversation or an ecosystem. But the deal that we were working on earlier today, I was seeing how much political stuff can just be churned up from very small amounts of uh, movement in certain waters. And it's weirdly exciting. And I get where the allure is for a lot of people. Like there's these people who just generate drama all the time. And all they're doing is stuff that creates weird energy, you know? And I like what we were doing earlier because it was like feeling as where those points can be created within yourself. You know, like you doing something this way would create a, a, a tense something sort of situation here it feels like we're actively learning mm -hmm. when we have to navigate those waters and it does feel like that if we can use the the metaphor where we're on a rapid mm -hmm. and our train of thought getting us to the the place where we need to be the ocean um you know the lake needs to I think it's it's Wu Wei. You know, there's this concept in Eastern philosophy. Uh, it might be Tao or it might be uh, Confucian or something like that. Sorry if that's considered racist. But uh, it, it was something like uh, going with the flow of the river as opposed to scratching to get to the edges to save yourself on land. Like just knowing that the river does its thing and know that there's going to be like these high points and low points of punctuation associated with these energetic motions. But going with it, going with that current, while it zigs and zags, you know, and not like putting a ton of effort into trying to get out of this flow, if that makes sense. It's exciting, yes. That's what's exciting, is that we're able to navigate those waters, and we're not trying to, to breach, to get out of there, because we know this is where we need to be. You know, that's enlightenment. Yeah. To go along with it and, and recognize, no, I'm not supposed to do this. No, I'm not supposed to do that. Okay, I'm going to do this. And then to to reach that enlightenment is fulfilling. Right. You feel that it's enriching your life, and that's interesting. It's like when you eat a healthy meal, you feel good afterwards. Mm -hmm. When you act politically in a way that's prosperous to yourself and to society, it feels good. Yeah. That's a really interesting thing that happens within us. But it's weird. It's almost like uh, what came to mind is <clears throat> that biblical verse that says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, I hear no, see no, whatever, no evil. It almost feels like that, like we're walking through this valley or going down this river or whatever, and it's trying to pull you in these rapids, you know, like into these places where there's a lot of missteppability. Not even trying, that it's just there. Like you can lose your way if you don't stay true to your heart. If you don't yeah. have faith in yourself. Yeah, I think that's put very well. And that is having faith in the self, you know, which is everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it, it is like finding out how to navigate this thing uh, with the knowledge that that is, like you have to stay in the lane where you can end up on the rocks that makes it such an interesting uh, grab, you know, or not grab, but like an in interesting venture. Well, I like that you said grab because you do feel it, you know, when mm -hmm. something 
is pulling at you to do, not pulling, when something's grabbing at you, I want to say, and you can follow that pathway, you can go down that universe in the multiverse, mm -hmm. but you recognize that's not how it's supposed to feel. And you keep going straight. It's like, uh, I don't know, massage, you know, it's just, it's, it's giving you the, the it push forwards, you. you know? Yeah, it, it tells you. And I think that's a very foreign concept for a lot of people. Like It is. Even talking about it, it's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. And it's funny because it's business. It's not, you know, we're not talking about religion or, or theology or anything. We're talking about like business itself. You know, if you wanted to, like the entity that is business, you know, the, the vib vibratory pattern that is business on our planet has a push-pull feel to it. If you really learn to tap in and say, okay, um, this this looks on paper like I should do it, you know, but it feels like it could make me end up in a place that's not the direction I want to go. So it's just really funny how it almost has this energetic signature that you can feel, you know, like you legitimately feel business. Right. And and you feel it here too, like in the gut, mm -hmm. right, where you know you're supposed to make a decision or, or not, regardless of whether the, uh, the figures on the page look good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, I like that. I think that um, working with you and Michael and everybody that we've been kind of uh, getting in with has been a lot of fun because it's had a different feel to it. You know, it's less of a um, anxiety-ridden, like, ecosystem, and it's more so like, let's just do our thing, you know, and like allowing for us to spill into the definition of ourselves. I really like the way that came out. Yeah, I do too. And it feels good, as you said, mm -hmm. because it's taken so long. Mm -hmm. I've gone my entire life doing what I was supposed to do, um, getting an education, um, interacting with people, friends, etc. But at this point in time, it's fused where I'm doing what I love with the people who love I love and who love me. And it feels really good. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, I agree. So uh, what's your, this is 2019 now. And I know you've probably had some of your personal goals that you want to hit this year. Are there any like specific business goals that you have set for this year? I would like to start a nonprofit this year. Okay. And have the, all the paperwork done probably towards the end of the year is where I, I see that. And I don't like to put a, a time frame on things because I just think they should happen as soon as they're supposed to happen. But um, I feel that for the plans I have, and that's to develop a company between ourselves that is profit-driven and then to earn enough money where we can start a nonprofit and, and know enough people who can contribute to it. Mm -hmm. That's how much time it's going to take. And um, the time frame may seem small, but I like to think that if we keep ourselves on this path that we've been talking about, it's entirely possible. Right. And we've been doing so well for ourselves in the past what, three months. months since we met. Yeah. Mm -hmm that uh, it's amazing and we spend so much time together that it feels as if we've completed years of work right well and you, i've mentioned this a few times but i really also like that we have such different personality types all four of us really hold down a different space in character and i think what that does is it really balances out our table you know we have four legs that look different but we're sturdy in holding down a very specific uh, energetic 
and uh, uh, character milieu, you know, like we'll be able to interact with four different types of people that, rep- that or four, diff- four of us will be able to represent our business in four different ways to four different audiences and, uh, and do that also in a collective manner, like where we're all aligned with the same vision, yet we all serve a different aspect of our business very uniquely. And I really like, I like that. That's yeah. what's interesting about it is we can sit down at a table, as you said, and there can be one person aligned with another. And that interaction feels as if it uh, was meant to happen because the personalities link, you know, they have similar lifestyles and backgrounds, etc. But as a human being, we're always looking to grow. And so there can be that firm connection where it keeps the business relationship strong. But then the opposite party to us can also learn from the other individuals who don't have that connection per se, mm-hmm. but who enrich the lives of the other. And it's already proven that the relationship works because after all, we are all different, as you said, but we all are linked together. Mm-hmm. So when we sit down with someone, they end up developing a relationship with all of us very well. Right. Well, right, because you've built the bridge of trust with the person that they connect really exactly. well with. And if that person is so much alike and they trust these people, then there must be something to that. And, you know, I was having a conversation with um, one of my extended family members. Uh, he's, you know, removed, he's married in or whatnot. But he's so diametrically opposed from me. Like, we are just so different. And he always makes fun of me. Like, he calls me a vegan and all this stuff. I'm not, like, strict dietary anything. He calls me a vegan, liberal, like, you know, all this stuff in jest. But at the same time, like, it was just really funny. We we had this weird connection this time he was out here. He came and visited, and we really got down to brass tacks. He's extremely political. He's very gun-toting cowboy you know you're not taking my rights away government and big brothery he's like super that way and i'm like super you know flip-flops to a business meeting type and we we ended up having um we ended up having this weird moment where we got down to both of us lost all of those definitions of self and we just talked in the wrong we said how do we help the human species without the political views how do we help the human species without the I have to do it from my way, the way that I've worked so hard to prove to everybody is going to be the way that saves humanity. And we shed all that shit and we just sat and talked. And we, I, I mean, it was just so rad to well, see. That's the thing, you have more similarities than not. Right. It was so rad to see. Yeah, it was just so awesome to have that. And I feel like that was, it. it I, I honestly feel like he left having such a different perspective on all of the people that he's so quick to have a specific thing. And I know I am, you know, like I called him the gun toting cowboy, blah, blah, blah. And he's not like when we sat there and we talked, he's, we align on a lot of things, but it's so funny. These armor pieces you put on over time because it's just the inertia of who you're becoming and what's the expectation of your environment of you and all this stuff. It's funny to be able to, it's beautiful to be able to break it down. And I feel like, linking that back to the conversation we were having, all four of us um, weirdly have been able to keep those identities and this idea of working towards a similar goal has been this thing that allows us to drop the act and realign and allow for the space for us to be around each other so often but also retain 
the egos that are spun up around each other. Right, and I think that's because we're all self-actualized. We are confident in ourselves and our ability to get things done by being ourselves. Mm. So there's no need for us to play any political games with each other. We're just honest. That being said, we started this with insecurities that we have. <laughs> you know, we are, it's weirdly both, you know. Yeah. The insecurities exist, but uh, you can Not between that. each other. Yeah, it's like long wave and short wave. There are short-term insecurity waves that you ride, and then there are these long-term security waves that we've been working on by And the reason that we're able to communicate those to each other is because, like I said, we're confident in our ability to be ourselves with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we I fit also... In. We fit in with each other in a sense. It may not be skin color. It may not be background entirely, but uh, we have something in common. Yeah, and, and you know what? Like we we started this whole conversation out with the idea that like we have such massive difference between people, and you know, there's all these like weird cultural tensions going on. But I really do think, and I've mentioned this before uh, on the podcast, I believe, but these new generations, because of technology and the internet and exposure to things like. 16, 12, 14, 16-year-old kids are living 60 years worth of intel by the time they're 12, 14, 16. You know, like they know the stuff that it took their grandparents a lifetime to, to just accumulate as knowledge. And so having had that, they start out at 18 years old, somewhat jaded and lazy and whatever, and they don't see the purpose in a lot of cases, which is, you know, they're prone to distraction in video games. But at the same time, they're also very prone to saying like, I just don't get the whole judgment thing. Like, I don't care about Japanese people being Japanese people. Like, well, that doesn't affect my business. I don't care. I don't. There is a, a melting of this wall that was nationalism and uh, ethnicity and stuff that is starting to come up and be way more organic. That people just don't play that. I hate the the concept of like I don't see in color. I think that's stupid. Again, you can't eradicate category, but we're getting to a place where like you just it's not something that is addressed it's like i don't do business with this color person is a ridiculous thought i hope so yeah at I least was, on the coasts yeah the thing is i've seen documentaries where people are being taught to be a certain way right you know they get out there and they see that other people interact with each other mm-hmm. uh, or different race different ethnicities uh, different uh, religion etc and they they feel the allure. I think there was um, one of the, the top clansmen, whatever the fuck his name is, and sorry that was disrespectful. Whatever this you know gentleman's name was, he he had a grandchild, and the grandchild um, left thinking that you know everyone was was bad except you know his sect. But he developed friendships with people that were outside of that sect, and then he began to understand that the relationship that he developed with them was stronger and or just as strong as the one that he had amongst his circle. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, he learned to shed that. But there are people who can grow up in those circles who never leave them, who are right. stuck in their ways. Right. Just because they haven't experienced anything else. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think location has a lot to do with it. Like here in San Diego, it's very diverse. And we have a very laid-back culture, too, here, you know, like... Um, just in general, people are a little bit more, they're a little less strung, you know? They're not um, tightly wound and all that stuff. Like LA is a little bit more high strung. New York is extremely high strung. Um, You know, not in like a negative context, but just, you know, there's more busyness, you know, there's more uh, going on. 
movement. Um, and so I think just in naturally because of uh, our our um, our leaning towards this like more casual way of doing things. And again, I can only talk from my perspective from growing up in a specific ecosystem. You know, like obviously there are racist people out there. Obviously there are um, people who hate certain religions out there. There are people who deeply hate people who don't think there should be guns or people who think there should be guns. And to me, it's just uh, in the place that I'm in, the, the, at least the ecosystem I've been around, it's not as much like that. Like it's a lot more, everybody's just like, yeah, oh, you're a cool person. Cool. Then that's not a factor, you know, there's something to say with that. Our location has an influence on the way that we think and interact with people and do business. I know that I've spoken to spoken to people, excuse me, I've spoken to people who are outside of uh, San Diego and they seem, yes, like high strung, you know, Mm -hmm. they won't give you the time of day because they don't know who you are already, or you said something that doesn't subscribe to their agenda. And so they look the other way. And that doesn't happen here as much. We're willing to say, okay, we don't have that in common. What do we have in common? You know, we just sit back and we talk and we relax. And we understand that just because that didn't work doesn't mean that something else isn't going to work. You know, we're not as quick to, d- to decide. Right. And we can just sit back and, and think, okay, let's just have a conversation by the beach and in this great weather mm-hmm. and talk about what we have in common. And then something will, will happen. And that's the thing. Something will happen. I mean, California is one of the wealthiest um, locations here. I mean, you have Rancho Santa Fe, you have La Jolla, you have, you know, all of this money in this area. And these people are growing up, you know, surfing, riding bikes, having these conversations that we're having now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And even in us saying that, like, we're in some way supporting a structure of San Diego over blank location. You know, it's like weird. You create divisiveness just with any like co- comment almost, you know, yeah. like people in San Diego are better than <laughs> people elsewhere. No, I, but think, I think that's it's just not a it. different. It's different, you know, and that's all it really is. is some people, it's important to have a section of the country that is cut and dry. This is how we interact. You know, it's what created Wall Street. You know, the, the huge financial uh, revolution on our globe, you know, was that kind of a mentality. But then it also expects, you would expect there to be an exhaust vent to that, which would be more of like a casual thing. And then there'd be like an in-between. And I think San Diego's an in-between. There's a lot of money, a lot of movers and shakers, but there's also, you know, a lot of people who are like, get it done. You know, some of the people we've talked to, it's like, I don't want a partner. I don't work with partners. Or it's like, I... I I don't do this type of deal. It's like very New Yorky style, you know. Well, that's the thing. Where are they from? Yeah, um, here, born and raised. Okay. One of the one I was thinking of. Hmm. Yeah. Different personality types, and I know that I could go somewhere like New York or LA and, and fit in fine. Like I like the fast pace, mm-hmm. but I also appreciate that here we can have these conversations and, and not have to. I don't know. Experience that culture. Spend. $8,000 for a studio apartment, too, is nice. You know, yeah. Yet, anyways. Oh, I feel like I don't even know what I'm talking about with respect to being in another location and talking business. Yeah. And I like that. You yeah. know, I know I need to travel more in order to obtain a better view of, of how things are done. Mm-hmm. Because we can talk up, you know, our lives all we want here in San Diego. But have we lived five years in another state or another country, you know? Right. 
Right, you're totally right. Yeah. And, and I think that's a, a really good point because it, it speaks to people's willingness to create an opinion or a judgment without having stepped in another man's shoes or another woman's shoes. You know, like really saying like, San Diego's great. Well, fuck it. Of course you think it's great. It's your place, <laughs> you know? Have you gone to these other places? And remember really all the times it wasn't great? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, remember when you got dumped here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just really goofy how uh, we're so willing to make like a judgment, you know. And I, I wonder, is there, is there really an ability for a human, the ability for a human, to navigate a business life? Like that's what we are nowadays. Is like life depends on business, not on hunting. We hunt with, uh, with computers, and we hunt with time spent achieving some sort of corporate goal or something. I like that a lot. Yeah. And now that we do that. Is there the ability for us to, uh, uh, to make a non-judgment about the world around us and navigate it successfully? You know what I mean? Like, how do you categorize without judgment? This kind of circles back to the whole thing. How do you, how do you categorize without a hierarchy behind that? But you don't, because we have a personal agenda. Yeah. And then we can talk about whether or not we should have a personal agenda. But first talking about the personal agenda and categorizing, that is how we interact with the world. Mm -hmm. you know, this is microphone. I talk into here. That's a glass. I drink water out of it. Yeah. We've categorized which one we can utilize but between for our benefit. Do, do you, is there a hierarchy? We tend to put a weird judgment against other people. It depends on how you feel. Like, I'm thirsty. I need more water. Uh, it's other agendas, too. You know, like another person's agenda may conflict with your agenda. And so... Therefore, the easiest way to... Conflict. Well, the easiest way to get rid of the dissonance associated with two agendas trying to be done at the same time is demonizing the other person or judging the other person as they're wrong and they're bad, so I can, I can make this judgment about them to further promote in my own head the agenda that I have because it's the right one. That's where enlightenment comes in, I think. We are not supposed to look at them as being the enemy, but as not right now. Mm -hmm. Like... I'm doing this business right now. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And not blowing them off, you know, and saying, we're not going to talk. Just say, you know, we can talk about that after I'm done doing this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay, well, I thought that was awesome. Let's uh, wrap it up because we have more business to attend to. I wore my shades the whole time today just for you. Tune back in. Subscribe. Like we always mention, subscribe and leave a comment. What do you think about us? We'll talk to you soon. What's your social media handle? Social media handle, Brett on the scene. My name is Gabriel Rincon, and I think you can find me by typing Gabriel Rincon. Cool. And we also have our group social media. Um, both of them are Facebook and Instagram are at Greatest Realtors Alive. Catch you next time.